Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. And welcome to OBR Weekly. This is June 7th, 2023. My name is Barry McBride. I am the publisher and the web dork of the OBR, but uh, that aside with me per usual to add any actual intelligent ins- intelligence and insight to the program is beat writer extraordinaire Fred the Legend. Greet him. How's it going, Fred? It's going pretty good. Especially since there's only one one day left until recess out for the summer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You and the players, and hopefully y'all can stay out of trouble uh, over the next five, six weeks or so while, uh, uh, while you're not uh, out there in the summer sunshine. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about you. Well, uh, yeah, if you can, uh, uh, if the players can stay out of trouble, certainly. Uh, over the next five, six weeks, I'll be happy. Um, before we get into it, as always, uh, the uh, show is powered by your comments and questions. The ideal show is one where I hardly say anything other than just repeating your comments and questions from the chat room, and Fred answers them, and there's intelligence and information in the program. So please fire off your comments and questions so that I have very little to do other than doing that, um, and uh, it'll be a good show. Uh, so please hit us up. Uh, by the way, if you're on YouTube, please make sure to slam that like button and to subscribe to the OBR video casts. It's free, don't cost nothing, and you get great uh, Cleveland Browns content all year round, uh, even during the summer for uh, you hardcore uh, Browns fans out there, and we know you're out there because you're visiting the OBR every day. Um, we here at OBR Weekly, we are going to uh, hang loose for the next few weeks or so after this program until uh, after the July 4th holiday, and then we're going to get back into it every single week through training camp and through the, through the season like you're, like you're all used to, uh, but we're going to take a few weeks off uh, until we get into the hot and heavy training camp and all that sort of good stuff. So let's go, uh, let's go straight into... Uh, some of the comments and questions we've gotten here already. And again, please hit us up with the ones that, uh, that you have. And uh, we'll, we will uh, focus on those top priority. Uh, first, a comment from Serge MDC, MDC. He says, not a question, but he wants to thank you, Fred, for the video clips from uh, training camp, which go out over your Twitter handle, uh, FredGreedum9 on Twitter. Um, and are used very heavily in your articles on the OBR. So thank you, Fred. Those are awesome. You're like our eyes and ears out of training camp. Well, thank you, Sir Jim DC, for noticing. If you haven't seen it, get on the read the stories or click on my Twitter. And yesterday and today, a lot, a lot of videos. I think I tried to get every position group at least a clip so you can see what the guys look like even you know without shoulder pads but with their helmet on and their numbers and all that plus 
you know, it's heavy on the offense, a lot of Watson to the different receivers. And I think you'll like them. I mean, some of them really have, you know, I just looked a couple of them had 30,000 views, you know, the last time I checked, you know, just from today. So, you know, they're pretty popular and uh, there's only 10, 12 of us that are out there able to do that. So you really should be, you know, tuning in if you want to get some of those, you know, little tidbits and you kind of get a, a little feel of what's going on, you know, out there. And it's going to be even more this summer when they're going to do their first eight days of training camp in Greenbrier Country Club in West Virginia. And we'll be there. We'll be one of the few outlets there. So, you know, get used. Tomorrow's the last day until training camp. So, you know, check it out. We have all the stories pretty much best we can do wall to wall. There's things that fall through the cracks. I can't see everything. We're not, you know, you know, having four or five writers out there, but we try to do the best we can. Yeah, we, uh, we wouldn't mind having more writers out there, but uh, uh, right now it's, it's Fred being our eyes and ears out there and he does the best that he can uh, to uh, uh, scope out everything that's out there. And uh, come to the OBR if you want to see the best of those videos he takes all day uh, encapsulated in his stories. Uh, really good stuff coming off of camp. And we don't make you click on 14 different stories to get the sense of what's in camp. Fred captures it all, one big story. And uh, anything that falls through the cracks, uh, you know, I and Jake and others will we'll, we'll try to get. But uh, Fred really gets it all out there. Let's... Uh, uh, let's go to uh, some of the other questions we have pouring in here. Uh, and thank you guys for, uh, for hitting us up with your comments and questions. Uh, let's go straight to Eco. And uh, uh, you've only had two days of minicamp, but Eco already wants to know who surprised you the most so far at minicamp there, Fred. Yeah, it's, um, you know, to be honest, a lot of it's just getting them tuned up, especially the new guys. So they're ready to go with training camp and they know the the pace and the practices and all that. They're not hitting. They don't have pads on. So you really don't get a feel, especially on the defense. You know, I could look good out there, you know, knowing that nobody can touch me. Um, and so that's why it's heavy on the offense. You know, seven on sevens, um, you know, they all look great. And they should, you know, they're, they don't have the fear of getting hit. But in the past, we've seen even in that where the quarterback and the receivers don't look that great, even when there's nobody really right. covering them or doing much. So that's why, you know, I've had an emphasis. But I'll say this. I've heard and talking to a couple and watching. I put a clip today. Maurice Hurst, you know, could be, you know, a, you know somebody that could really help them you know, on the defensive tackle, I already think I would I would rather have him than a couple of the guys that were playing last year. And if Perrion Winfrey keeps pulling, you know, whatever he's pulling, you know, getting robbed, being out, I don't want to make light of, of, of being robbed, but what mm. in the world are you out there at 3.30 in the morning? Right. You know, I don't, I don't care what – it. it you got to find a better time to do those things. Everybody knows who you are and that you have some, some bling on you or some change. Same thing with Greg Newsom, you know, so he was inside for the last two days. And so I don't know what he's doing inside. He's not injured. 
So I don't know if he's sitting in the corner, you know, or what they've got him doing, but, or if he's distraught or what, but right. I think he's a guy that needs to be out there, especially he had some other legal trouble. Um, I don't know what's going on, but anyway, I'd say Maurice Hurst, you know, look, I think he's had injury problems. If he can stay healthy, he, he might be able to help him. Uh, and then the receivers as a group, I've been impressed with Donovan Peoples Jones, you know, looks like he's continuing to make steps. He's going up, making plays. I mean, Deshaun Watson, I wrote about it yesterday. They had 10 plays in the red zone and seven on sevens. He threw seven or excuse me, nine touchdowns out of 10. And the, the one he didn't, Elijah Moore, they pushed him out of bounds on the one yard line. So he was really good again today. I didn't add everything up, but mm. you know, I'd say most receivers, Cedric Tillman's look pretty good going up and getting the ball. Marquise Goodwin made a, I got a video on that. That kind of went viral today. Um, Elijah Morrill, all the receivers to me have looked pretty good. Um, I guess, you know, if that's, you can't really judge linemen because like I said, they're really not blocking. And I'm just basing the Maurice Hurst on talking to people and watching him a little bit as, jumping off the ball. Um, but, you know, other than the usual suspects, you know, the, the bigger name guys and so forth. I mean, it's, it's, it's feel good time, you know, when, when everything looks good at this time. And I get that we've been through this before covering the Browns, but I will tell you, it all starts and stops with number four. He looks really good to me. He, I don't expect him to play like he's playing in these mini camps, but if he's only three quarters that good, they're going to win a lot of games because of him. Right. And that's what people don't understand why the quarterback's so important. Sure, you know, it can be time to be optimistic, but that talent just doesn't go away. I mean, it's there. And he talked about it today that he's now got his confidence back. And he, he kind of held back a little bit because he wants to not really say anything until games start. And that's true. That's when it really starts. But he he looks, the coaches have told me, you know, Alex Van Pelder wrote a story, said he looks tenfold better than he did at this time last year. And I think a lot of that is, I don't care who you are, and he brought a lot on himself, but as a human being, the burden, all that stuff that was on, he, he didn't know what was going to be happening to him last year at this time. And so that's why I think he's, he's much more comfortable. He's talked today about being much more confident. And I just think that as the Browns go, will be the way Deshaun Watson goes, but I do like what the defense, what I've seen, what they're saying. Miles Garrett talked yesterday about feeling a, being freed up, you know, and to me, he said not to knock on Joe Woods, but I think it was a knock on Joe Woods is that Jim Schwartz is going to let these guys go get the quarterback and, and put them corners and the, the defensive backs do what they were brought in here to do is cover their man and let the pass rushers go get the pass rush. So there's a, there's a lot of guys. We won't know until we get to training camp, but um, those are a few that caught my, 
a couple highlights, you know, besides what I wrote about in my articles the last two days. Yeah, you, you covered a lot of ground there, and there's there's a bunch of stuff I want to follow up on. Uh, but let's get to some of these other questions as well. Mohurst, though, a very interesting answer uh, for a guy who's kind of surprised you because uh, he sort of come in under the radar a little bit, and uh, if he stays healthy, you know, I, I mean that that's been I think sort of the biggest knock on him is that, that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But if he can, uh, we might have something there. Uh, let's get this next one from Surge MDC. Uh, he says, as far as the OTA environments you've seen over the years, what are the vibes like compared to other years? Just uh, looking for uh, uh, just a, a sense of enthusiasm, you know, the relative sense of enthusiasm this year uh, compared to other years. Fred, what's your sense? I think the guys are quietly confident, optimistic. They see the talent. You cannot watch practice and not see talent. Everywhere you know, you look on the field, there's, there's players who are very talented. Now it's just, you know, all about putting it together. We've seen talent before, even back to the Freddie Kitchens season. I think this team's more talented. There's been more talent on the roster in the progressive years that Andrew Barry has been here. Slowly and surely, he has, he has upgraded the back end. And I think when you see some some of the players, some of the players that are probably on the bubble, you know, those are guys that used to be mainstays. So um, I think the special teams will be better because they have more depth. And I think the special teams will be better because of the intensity that Bubba Ventrone brings. And I think the defense will be better because of the tone that Jim Schwartz has set. The players are excited to play for him. And I talked about, I think Spencer called me out that I used the word shenanigans. I think, <laughs> I think you're going to see less and less of that stuff where guys, you know, are either going to buy in or they're going to be out of here. They're, I just like the, the Jim Schwartz move. I talked about it. I wrote about it. I just think that's the best move they made um, because he is the antithesis, in my opinion, of Kevin Stefanski. He's been a head coach. He's been a very successful coordinator around the league. And, you know, and I'm not I'm not calling out Stefanski, but I'm saying I think there's a little bit of the feet to the fire because you got a guy sitting there that could be the head coach of this team. Whereas mm -hmm. last year, you know, everybody's like, what are you gonna do about getting what about Stefanski? You didn't really had a have a head coach other than maybe Bill Callahan. And I don't even know if he wants to do that at this stage of his game. And I'm not calling for that, but I'm just saying that just ups the ante for everybody, especially when you have a guy like Schwartz who, who's been there and he commands respect. You can see the players listening and watching everything he's teaching them. And I just think you put the talent that they have with a coach that knows how to play these guys, I just don't know how, you know, even if the offense wasn't as good as we think it'll be, I think the defense will be very, very much improved on what it was last year. Well, you know, Schwartz was uh, on 11 on 11s. You said Schwartz was starting off with uh, Ogbo, Dalvin Tomlinson, 
uh, Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett. That is an imposing front four. Uh, you know, if you're talking about a pass rush, and those, you know, even Garrett can play inside a little bit. That is, that gives him an opportunity to really set up some matchups. You know, whatever matchups he wants, and he can't really just focus on Garrett with that with that foursome. It's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be really yeah, really and interesting uh, to watch. you know, I tweeted that yesterday. We can't post videos of 11 on 11s and stuff like that but um that was in the nickel so that would be you know with five defensive backs Mm -hmm. um two linebackers and that's what they had they had smith inside now in the base for three they had jordan elliott as the starter opposite dalvin tomlinson right now that was you and i talked about really the only out of the 22 starters you know, we felt 21 were set. That was the one that maybe wasn't set. Now, that doesn't mean it's set. It means that maybe a Maurice Hurst could take that or win that job or mm-hmm. or Siaki Ika, third-round pick, or Perry and Winfrey or somebody else. But right. as far as right now, when they, when they pass Rush, I love to f- see – that he's going to find a way to get those guys on the field instead of, you know, how many times did we see, you know, like Clowney or Garrett had to be rested, you know, a lot of times because they didn't have the depth or, you know, they were in there, but they didn't really, Garrett was double, triple team because nobody right. was threatened. I guarantee you, if they double team Miles Garrett, Zadarius Thomas is, or Zadarius Smith is going to eat their lunch. Right. I think he's as every bit as formidable as Miles Garrett. I mean, to be honest, especially right. if he gets one on one from the inside, he'll beat any of those centers or guards that are in front of him. So, I I just think that that makes everybody on the defense look better. You know, if you got, you know, even Ward or Newsom or Emerson on the outside, it's not as hard to cover them, and you only got to cover them for two or three seconds. Right, <laughs> exactly. I don't know, Fred. I, uh, uh, I, I've got some comments on on this that sort of touch upon some things you said earlier. But uh, in uh, uh, the Newswire this morning, my morning bloviation, uh, I, I just talked about how excited I am to see this team take the field, and that defensive front is is certainly one of the reasons why. And Deshaun Watson throwing lasers in. Uh, in practice is another reason why I'm just so excited to see this team on the field. And, you know, we've been through this 20 some odd years and, uh, you know, it seems like we always get excited in the off season. Then we get our brains bashed in as soon as the season starts. But uh, this year, boy, it just, it feels different. And Serge's question is a, is a good one uh, well, because it does feel a little different. I'll say this Browns fans should be beat down. I mean, I think you had it, today in the thing. I think this is actually the 25th season since the mm-hmm. team returned. And there's really been nothing. There's been a couple of false hopes after the 2007 season came out of nowhere. Then it went flat. And then we saw it, you know, at the beginning and, and after the playoff run thought this is the beginning. They just got in the playoffs, won a game. Now they'll build on it. And then they've kind of been back taken steps backwards mm-hmm. there's been some reasons and there still could be reasons that could derail this season but right now yeah 
because of the pessimism, I think Browns fans want to hold that back, and they should. But there's a lot to be excited about this season. I mean, they have more depth. Sure, you're going to have injuries, but I think they can overcome some of those. All teams will have that. You know, Watson, obviously, I keep coming back to that. That's the key, you know, the key addition and the key guy that needs to play well. But I just really don't think, barring the schedule and the competition, I think they're going to play well. I think that they're going to be a team. Last year, even with Jacoby Brissett, they were in almost every game. And the defense, we Mm -hmm. saw blow games and not being able to stop the run and and thing blow coverages and they still were in it almost all those games now you got some people on offense that can go win you the game and i think you got some guys on defense that can go win you the game absolutely you know you got some guys in the back end like juan thornhill that i think can go make make a big play and interception i think you got some corners but that pass rush, I think, really can control, you know, some of these teams on the schedule this year. So there's a lot to be excited about and optimistic. Doesn't mean, you know, you go overboard because <laughs> you have a tendency to get let down. But I don't think everybody has to be so pessimistic. You know, I think a lot of it was because nationally, you know, because the Watson situation, everybody wants to beat him down and beat the Browns down yeah. because they signed him and they still are in that mode that, oh, well, you know, you and they're just not get, they're not being open minded on the football team, you know, mm-hmm. as far as level playing field, because you look in the AFC North even. I don't, I don't think the Browns roster takes a backseat to any of those teams in the division. Are they going to have to play? Yes. And Watson, is he going to have to play like a Burrow or a Jackson? Yes. But I think he can. I've seen it. I mean, I see it in practice, and, and uh, obviously there's a difference but in a game. But as far as I didn't see this in quarterbacks in years gone by, the 24, pre 24 previous years really yeah yeah uh that all makes for a lot of excitement uh here's a question from pat shea he asks is jordan akins the undisputed number two tight end and what happens in the tight end room from there so i think harrison bryant is uh uh, uh under the microscope a little bit uh this year and uh, uh what do you think is going to happen in the tight end room fred This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, um, yeah, I think they signed Akins, gave him some money, gave him a two-year deal. I know Jack Duffin has written about that he doesn't think uh, Bryant will be on the roster because he's got a pretty good, like a $2.8 million salary or something this year. Um, if the Browns are going for it, I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, keep him. I don't know if they have a third receiver unless you're going to pick somebody that gets cut from another team like you did last year when you brought in Pharaoh Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bryant's a pretty good blocker. He's more of a possession receiver. Um, but I think I would want to have more than Jordan Akins if Najoku gets hurt right. or something. Or if Akins gets hurt, we know guys always get injured. Maybe there's not enough roster space, but, you know, I, I think Bryant's, you know, the way I look at it, he may not make it to make the season, but as far as I sure think he's got some experience, he's a pretty good blocker. And he's in the last year of his contract, so it gives him a lot of incentive to have mm-hmm. a good year, whether the Browns decide to let him go or you already have him. And I, I'd say he's better than anybody that besides, you know, Najoku and Akins. And I would I would just right now I would see him, you know, being being on the team as a player. Maybe financially they'll they'll move on or something, but right. Plus, I like him. Got to know him, you know, when I was on a little weekend getaway with him and talked mm-hmm. to him. So, all that being said, um, yeah, I would say right now they're they're on an even keel, but they like Dakins for a reason. He's more of the pass catcher, has the background with Watson, so he'll probably be more in the passing situation ahead of Bryant would be my guess. Yeah, well, that, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, if they can afford uh, Harrison Bryant, if they, can, if they can squeeze him onto the 53, I mean, you know, why the heck not, right? You know, he's insurance in case somebody gets hurt. Uh, he's experienced, knows the offense, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, uh, you know, why the heck not hold on to him? Uh, let's, uh, first off, let's thank Kevo. For the five gifted subs, thank you very much, sir. It's really appreciated. Uh, that's uh, how we make a little bit of our money back that uh, we put into producing these uh, live spectaculars. So thank you very much, sir. Uh, next question from Red Leader seventy four. Uh, he says, uh, "Fred has been around football longer than I have been a fan. Uh, I would like to know how he feels Watson is doing. Are you seeing elite, Fred?" You ready to put that word on on what you're seeing from Watson so far this summer? I will say it with this caveat. It is no contact, seven on sevens. Yes, he's he looks like an elite quarterback to me. I mean, you still have to throw the ball, even though they're not hitting the receivers or the pass rush. But yesterday, he put the ball right on a dime on every throw. Like he threw one the back of the end zone to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Peoples-Jones had to extend up, but it was over the defender for the touchdown where only Peoples-Jones could have caught it. And today he, he scrambled around and extended the play, and then he threw a touchdown to Marquise Goodwin. Um, 
I would use the word elite. I saw that somebody had him ranked as the ninth best quarterback in the NFL. Okay, I get that. He has, but I think I think he has the chance to be in the top five, you know, during this season. And if if he's the ninth best quarterback in the NFL this year, the Browns are going to win a lot of games yeah. because they were winning a lot of games with a mediocre quarterback for most of you know most of the time that Stefanski has been here. Mm-hmm. And this is no knock on Baker Mayfield. They were 11 and six or whatever, 11 and five with him. And he played about as well as he could play. I think he had 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. But I think he's a above average starting quarterback in the league. He's not elite. And I think Watson has that chance to be elite. I saw Bleacher Report had him ranked his projection this year is 29 touchdowns 10 interceptions and 3,000 some yards my goodness if he does that I think Browns fans would be ecstatic but I think yeah. he'll have I think he'll have 30 touchdowns or more and yeah. he has an element of the of the mobility of running that's what scares a lot of teams because you run Amari Cooper, Peoples Jones, Elijah Moore, Marquise Goodwin, David Njoku, and Nick Chubb out of the backfield, and you got a guy like number four that can take off and run for 20 yards if everybody's spread out and he's got a linebacker on him. You know, how do you defend that? So <clears throat> I just think that I just, we'll see. I just think it's going to come together, you know, for him this year. He, he's got his swagger back. He's acting and talking very confidently. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just looks like he's backing it up on the field. You just don't go out on the field, do that every day, and then get in the game and look like crap, you know? Right, right. I've seen quarterbacks look like crap in practice, you know, even when they're going against air with nobody – you know, rushing them or nobody, you know, the same situation. So, I mean, that's just my opinion. I do think, I don't think he's elite until he does it in games, but I think he has the, a good chance of, of getting that elite type status back sometime this season. You know, Watson said, this is a quote from uh, your article. He said, I'm pretty far ahead of where I was last year being a, you know, he talks a little bit more about what he went through last year. And he says, being a year in and being able to talk to Kevin and AVP about what we want to do and being confident about it, it allows me to play a little bit faster when I'm on the field. And that last sentence caught my attention because that's what I was really concerned about last year. You know, he still seemed to have the mobility. He still seemed to have the arm. But it just seemed like the speed had sort of gotten away from him a little bit when he was playing last year. Like the game had sped up on him a little bit. And he wasn't making crisp decisions like uh, you were sort of used to from the 2020 Deshaun Watson. Um, You know, if he's processing faster this year, watch out. You know, because he's got all the tools. Right, Fred? Well, and... uh, yeah, and, and the thing about that is when you, anybody in any job or whatever, when you're more comfortable, you know, that first day on a new job or first day at school, you're always awkward and uncomfortable. He said last year, you know, forget all, I mean, you can't forget, but all that stuff weighing on him, going out there, 
But then he got started in training camp and then he stopped, you know, abruptly had to quit. And then you pick it up in the middle of the season, 12 games, that's three months later. Mm -hmm. And the Browns were trying to, you know, every week with Jacoby Brissett, say what you want. It was completely different type of player than Deshaun Watson. So on a dime, they tried to change the offense to to suit his skill set. And he was just getting started again. He talked about that today. He said that it's really a new offense completely from what they had last year. Him and Stefanski every day, they have the, they had the foundation, but pretty much they've changed everything is what he was saying, you know, and obviously he didn't go into any detail because he said everything goes on social media and that's true. Um, But I think that a lot of these things you're seeing, there's a lot of motion, every play, you know, somebody's in motion and moving and this and that. And we didn't see a lot of that in the past. And that, and that tells me that Stefanski is finally, or I shouldn't say finally, but he is building an offense around the skill set of Deshaun Watson, you know, and Mm -hmm. maybe in the past he built it more around Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett is what he should be doing. But now they've had the whole off season and Watson talked about that. You can see the quotes is that this is all new, a new Mm -hmm. offense. And he has been here and is learning it all on the as they go with the rest of them. And, and he says he feels very comfortable and he's got his confidence back. And, and any of you that have played sports know you can't play any sport if you're not confident. I mean, when I play baseball and I went up and said, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to strike out. I struck out, but if I went up there, I'm going to go see the ball and hit the ball. I hit the ball. I didn't mm-hmm. think about it or worry about it. Right. And I think that's what you're starting to see here with Watson. I think training camp should be interesting. It should really be a good uh, barometer to, you know, for the Browns when they practice against the Eagles. Here you got defending NFC champion in a really good defense, you know, and, and see what, you know, Watson that offense looks like. It'll be, it'll probably be more uh, a test than, than some of the preseason games. So it'll be, it'll be fun. But, but I think that, yeah, I think that that can go a long way. And the double barrel shotgun to this, in my opinion, is a defense that I really think is going to be improved from last year. And even if Watson and the offense doesn't come out of the gate hitting on all cylinders, you might have a defense that can hold another team under 17 points and allow you to win a game, you know, ugly, you know, just with right. because of the defense. So you get them all on the same page, I think it could be pretty, pretty exciting. Oh, uh, boy, I can't wait. Uh, chat username wants to know what vets does Fred think we are likely to shed? So who, uh, which experienced players uh, should be uh, looking over their shoulder a little bit this year? We did talk about Harrison Bryant, but uh, he may not be alone in terms of uh, getting some competition for his job this year. Well, right on top of my head would be at that receiver. I think Anthony Schwartz is in big danger. He -hmm. would be the highest draft pick that Andrew Barry would move on from. I don't know if 
if uh, they trade him, you know, before training camp or they bring him to camp. Now he did practice today. The last two OTAs, the last two weeks we got to see, he sat out with an undisclosed injury. I did see a sleeve on his leg. Um, he didn't practice yesterday. We asked Stefanski, and he said, I'm not getting into it. But he was out there. He was just out there kind of standing on the sideline. Now, today was, I did, again, on my video clips, I did a clip of him going through a drill. But I think he's in real danger. I mean, when you add Marquise Goodwin, Elijah Moore, two world-class speedsters mm -hmm. that have the skill set that Schwartz is known for, the difference is, their experience and they've been they've done it in the NFL. He hasn't. I think right. that the writing's on the wall for him. <clears throat> Demetric Felton. Now he's battling to be, in my opinion, the third down back. Um, you know they haven't added a veteran right now. It's Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, and then either John Kelly or Demetric Felton is probably the third back. Um, so. It, it'll be a numbers game with him. I don't see how he can make it as a wide receiver when they got 14, you know, in that room. And right. I think the receiver room is already set. I mean, when you, when you, barring injury, obviously that changes everything, but you got Cooper, Peoples Jones, Goodwin, Moore, David Bell, unless they move on from him after one year, I doubt that. And mm. Cedric Tillman, that's six wide receivers before he even start. And that's not counting Jakeem Grant or Jalen Darden, who are both returners as well as wide receivers. Grant's coming off that ruptured Achilles, and mm -hmm. he did field punch yesterday. But, you know, I don't see how you make the team as a wide receiver. So I think Felton has to make it as the third back, and and uh, and he would be a draft pick again. Uh, I don't know about, like, where Tony Fields stands. A lot of those younger guys that haven't really made a big mark. Um, I don't. I can't think of everybody off the top of my head. But offensive lineman Michael Dunn, you know, he's proven to be a pretty useful guy. But they've drafted guys, um, you know. At, in the inside, you got, you know, beside Posick, you got Nick Harris. Could be a guy they move on from since they drafted Luke Whipler. Um, and they signed Posick. Mm -hmm. So you got yeah. battles in there. There's going to be some pretty good names that have been on the team that aren't going to make it. But I before they start hitting and things like that, um, another one would be Tommy Togi. I don't see how he makes this team, to be honest, from right. what I've seen. I think Perry and Winfrey could really be in danger because of maybe some of the off off the field stuff. It depends on what Schwartz thinks of him and what he's seen from his tape from last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could probably throw out some names that you're thinking of and I can tell you, but there's 90 guys out there right now. It's kind of hard to think of everybody without seeing last year's depth chart in front of me, but off right. the top of my head, you know, from this receiver room and uh, probably some, you know, even, even at some positions on the line, offensive and defensive. Yeah, I mean, this is what you want, though. I mean, you want quality depth on your team. You want people, you know, qualified people fighting for that 53rd roster spot. Uh, and, you know, we're going to have some uh, decent battles in training camp between guys who, 
would have made this roster in previous years and just aren't going to be able to fit in the 2023 uh, depth chart. So, you know, there we go. Hey, uh, E. Gillen, 10 gifted subs. Dude, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, saw your question in ATI, too. We'll make sure we get around to that. If we don't get to it during the show tonight, we will uh, hit it up after the show. Uh, so thank you very much for, uh, for the gifted subs. OG Philly uh, wants to make sure that he doesn't get a ban because he's here late. You're cool, bud. You get in, even though you're a little bit late. Paul Spencer, on the other hand, not here tonight. Sent me an excuse. It's not signed. I don't know how to deal with it. I'm going to have to have a talk with him for not making it here tonight. But uh, you're cool, Philly. All right. Uh, let's go to James Porch. James Porch says, hey, thanks, Barry, for your help. I was able to get my subscription to the OBR. No problem, buddy. Uh, by the way, if you are uh, watching or listening, which you are, obviously, if I'm talking to you, uh, we are running a 60% uh, off sale on annual subscriptions to the OBR. So if you are not currently subscribed, you can now sign up for an entire year and get 60% off. That gets you access to all of our premium forums, all of our premium material, and the entire rest of the 24-7 sports network. So if you're into college football at all and recruiting in Ohio State or Michigan or whoever you root for there, you can get all the inside scoop on your college team as well as the Browns by signing up 60% off uh, an annual subscription to the OBR. So be like James, sign up for the OBR, get the scoop, and uh, enjoy that subscription for cheap. Uh, question from Kevo680. He wants to know, Fred, how are the linebackers looking? I'm slightly concerned about how the rehabilitation from all last year's injuries are going. Well, it's hard to say how they're looking when, you know, Anthony Walker and Sion Takitaki are, you know, on the side with the trainers coming off major injuries. They have to feel pretty good about them, you know, in figuring their plans, re-sign both of them. Uh, Walker, I think, is going to be ready for training camp. Takitaki probably will start on the physically unable to perform. But... Um, to be honest, I don't know how important they're going to be, you know, in the big picture. A lot of the stuff I'm seeing is two linebackers, and one of them's JOK. And the other one they've been running with the first unit is Jordan Knasik. Now, Jim Schwartz wore his jersey the first week OTAs, and the testament of how well he's performed. So, Joe Woods didn't use him much. He was on special teams, so who knows? But I'm not too concerned. I think Anthony Walker will be fine um, in what they want him to do. When you put five guys up front on the defensive line or five in the secondary, you're probably only going to play a couple linebackers, and they're going to be you know, more of the athletic, you know, chasing around like the JOK and Jacob Phillips. Um, I think the key is Walker. I mean, last year when he went down, he was, he was the leader of the defense, the captain of the defense, and they really missed his leadership as well as his tackling ability. He was mm -hmm. the leading tackler and, and he was the guy that was stopping, you know, teams from running through that hole for seven, eight, ten yards of carry, you know? And so they must feel he's going to be ready to go. I saw him 
spending a lot of time next to Schwartz yesterday, just standing there talking to him. Um, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think that if they were worried about it when they get to training camp, they'll bring somebody in. There's still some guys like they had last year that, as far as I know, aren't signed. Guys like Reggie Ragland, Deion Jones, you know, players of that ilk, veteran players. If you remember Malcolm Smith two or three years ago in his 30s, he didn't sign until they had an injury. I think it was to Jacob Phillips in training camp. They brought him in in training camp, and he was – the leading tackler on the team, you know. And so I think they know they have a list, and so I don't think they're too concerned. They feel that if they have a great front four or five and they have a great secondary, you know, the linebackers will be able to do fine. And, you know, I like uh, I like the way they've been talking about Jordan Kanasik, you know, mm-hmm. very athletic, and, and, you know, he's more of a see ball, go get ball. So he seems to have earned the respect right now of Jim Schwartz. But, yeah, I, I think that um, Taki Taki showed he can be a, a good guy on the inside as well. And so yeah. he'll probably take his time, make sure, you know, ACL. I mean, he didn't go down to, I think, December. So, you know, he's on record pace. I've seen him out there walking around. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too concerned about the linebackers, to be honest with you. The biggest one is can JOK stay healthy and, right. you know, do his thing. And I'm anxious to see how Schwartz uses him, you know. I'd like to see them use him and maximize that athleticism that we know he has. So, again, I'm, I'm pretty confident Jim Schwartz knows what he's doing. And he'll he'll have them in matchups that are favorable to them. And we'll see when training camp goes. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, so, you know, I, I think people forget Anthony Walker was having just a fantastic year last year before he got hurt. I think he was having like a career year for him, uh, just playing very, very well. I uh, just hope that uh, he comes back and uh, is able to play at the same level as he was last year. Uh, another question from Serge. He says, speaking of things that could bite us in close games, any updates on Cade York? I saw in your story that he did some kicking today, didn't he? Yeah, he made five out of six. Um, he missed his fourth kick. It was for it was somewhere in the forty yard range. He was wide left, plenty of leg. But the fifth one was well over fifty yards, and it was good. So he was five of six. I'm not too concerned. I think the only thing with him is he had a confidence or or a little issue last year where he, I think he lost his confidence after missing some kicks, and uh, you know that's on. Ventrone, the coaches, to, to get him right. Um, they they didn't bring in any challenger last year, and they don't have a challenger in this year. Right behind him was Stefanski and Jimmy Haslam and uh, Ventrone as he was kicking, and there's no question he's, he's got the leg, if not a stronger leg. So it's all between the ears. We've seen that before time and time with kickers. Yep. Um you know you give up on him that he'll go somewhere and make 60 out of 60, you know. So yeah. uh, even saw that with Chase McLaughlin, who was before him. He had a really good year last year. You know, sometimes it, it just takes, you know, getting whatever over that hump where you're confident. And if you remember last year, 
I, I thought he would have struggled at the beginning, not in the middle. I mean, he started out like something like 12 of 12, and then he missed one. It was like, how dare me miss one? And then it just seemed like it was inconsistent the rest of the year. So right, they got some time with him, and he looked good today. He looked fine. Well, that's good to hear. Hopefully he uh, is able to keep it on the straight and narrow all year. And... If uh, the other gifts weren't enough, OG Philly came through with 10 gifted. So all is certainly forgiven there. Thank you very much, sir. So uh, that's a lot of gifted subscriptions tonight. Thanks, guys. Man, that is just freaking awesome. Uh, comment from Broken Arrow in the YouTube chat room. He says he loves it. We're practicing against the Eagles. We need to start fast. Last year we looked horrible against the Eagles. That's when we first identified the gigantic gap we had in our run defense up the middle uh this year uh again should be a quick test of uh what exactly the browns are are made of uh as we face a very very good eagles team early on uh do you like that uh initial matchup fred in in preseason as a test of what the browns are capable of yeah, I think the importance is more the practice than the game. I mean, they're going to practice like, I think, Monday, Tuesday, and then play them in a game, I think, on a Thursday night or something like that, or maybe Friday night. But, yeah, I, I just think that iron sharpens iron. You know you got a really strong team you're going up against, and you're going to be able to see, okay, is our defensive front what we think it is? Is it is our corners what we think they are? You know, you got they got a couple of good receivers, two or three good receivers, and last year they torched the Browns. Um, be able to see, you know, what you have. And then on the offensive side, going up pretty good defense. And so it will be able to, you know, for the coaching staff to say, okay, we've been looking at things maybe fool's gold, or we really do have some things we can, we can work with here in areas – <clears throat> that they're deficient at that time it'd be hard to you know acquire much in talent but you'd be able to make some adjustments and find out I'd rather know before the season starts where I have some deficiencies you know and then work towards fixing them than wait until into the season so yeah I think it's it's always good to go up against another team the biggest thing you worry about is injuries because you know, guys are playing for jobs, and so sometimes they get a little more, uh, especially the opponent, you know, uh, an opponent, young guy trying to make the team, might try to make his name for himself and injure one of your star players or something. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know how – it's football. I don't know how you get around that. I think overall it will be a great benefit for the Browns. Yeah, yeah, it should be. And again, it's a quick indicator of uh... – what this team is really going to be made of. Uh, just a quick question, sort of late here from Broken Arrow. He wants to know if there's any buzz on Mo Hurst. We did talk about that right off the top of the start of the program. If you missed it, uh, Fred identified Hurst as one of the guys sort of uh, jumping out a little bit early uh, as a, a little bit of a surprise uh, in terms of uh, what he's showing. Uh, again, no hitting, no pads. You know, it's it's all against the air right now, but. Uh, He's getting off the line real quick and, and looking pretty good, if I'm not putting words in your mouth there, Fred. Um, we've only got 10 minutes left. If you've got more questions, please feel free to hit us up, and, uh, and we will get to them. Uh, I've got a couple things I wanted to talk about. 
this quote from Miles Garrett that was in your story today, Fred. Uh, Garrett said, I know Jim Schwartz likes to say, take off the seatbelt, so I think that's really the mindset. You get out there and you're just letting it loose. Don't worry about all those rules and doing all this as soon as you know your assignment. After that, you get off the ball, go get the ball. You know, as you said, you know, you said, oh, I'm not slamming Joe Woods here, you know, but that sort of sounds to me like he's talking a little bit about last year being too complicated. And then he goes on and he says, if you put too much on somebody's plate rather than someone else's, that can lead to disruption and really a disconnection between groups on the field. And that sort of makes it sound like things were a little bit unbalanced, like the defensive line was asked to do too much or the defensive backfield was asked to do too much and there was miscommunication or something along those lines. It sounds like Joe Wood had Joe Woods had them out there computing algorithms or, or something. Um, really weird. Well, but, I uh, think that I think on a defense or even offense, but on defense when you have eleven guys and like and you have assignments, let's say think of that broken play that cost them basically the Jets game. I mean, because if Corey Davis doesn't get an 84-yard touchdown like the first play when, they, you know, all the other things wouldn't unravel. Um, I, I remember vividly seeing Denzel Ward work with him stride for stride and then stop like on a dime and then throw up his hands when whoever it was, whether it's Grant Delpit or whatever, didn't go pick him up. And whenever you have those type chances for those things to happen, you have a chance for a blown play. Right. And if you just say, okay, it couldn't be any more simpler than this. You see that number 84, you just stay with him the whole time, okay? You know, that. I, obviously it's more than that, but that's what I think Garrett's saying. And the same thing with the defensive lines. Darius Smith talked about it last week. He said, Schwartz told me, just get off the ball. That means go get the quarterback. Don't worry about staying, you know, maybe, you know, in an exact spot or depending on how they block you or whatever. Same thing with Miles Garrett. I think that's what he's saying. Right. Is simplify it so, so you take out all the chances of the blown coverages and the right. blown plays. I mean, if Denzel Ward falls down, you know what happened. He fell down, you know, right. but or he gets beat, he gets beat. But as far as take out relying on somebody else to know exactly what was supposed to be happened. Yeah, the other guy should have known what was going to happen, but he didn't. And then it all broke down. So I think you're trying to simplify it. So you're not out there going now, what am I supposed to be doing? Because mm -hmm. if you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing, you're probably not going to be doing it 100 miles an hour. And that's what I think Schwartz has learned over the years. Find out what they do best, put them in the best matchup, and and let it go, and not make this so complicated. Yeah, makes sense. Makes total sense. And uh, Garrett uh, certainly talking to that uh, this afternoon. Uh, question, this is uh, from E. Gillen. This is from Ask the Insiders. He said Shelby Harris has accumulated 24.5 sacks and 261 tackles with three teams. He can generate pressure but excels at stopping the run. His run defense grade per PFF is 72 over his career, was graded at 76.9, good for ninth overall in the NFL. 
in your opinion, does he fit our needs and can he be had at the right price? I missed the name. Who was it? Shelby Harris. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we talked about some of them older guys, you know, on the defensive line. You know, Iandeus and Nadama Kasu, Shelby Harris. I'd be happy with any of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think that they're right now, either the players aren't ready to make that commitment. This isn't fantasy football where you just say, I picked that guy and he's on my team. They have right. to want to come here when they're free agents. And some of them, you know, might not like offers they have, but, and some of them might say, you know, I'm just not that hungry, you know, to play. I think Sheldon Richardson, I think he just didn't sign with somebody. I don't know if it was last year or if it's, I think it was last year. He just didn't right. play. Um, they're just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I got enough money. I don't want to do this. Um, I think when you get to training camp, Jim Schwartz sees what he has and says, you know, I am short. You know, there could be an injury that could cause that to happen. Right. Or they could just say, you know, I don't have the other guys I need. How about this guy? And and does the opportunity match with the, the salary restrictions? You know, most mm -hmm. of these guys are talking about now or one year rentals you know, guys in their 30s, like I talked about linebacker. There's a list of linebackers that are going to be available. There's a list of interior defensive tackles that are going to be available, even edge rushers. I mean, off the top of my head, before they got Smith, I thought, wow, that Yannick Nagakue, he's still available, and he had double-digit sacks last year, and he's only like 27 or 28. Right, right. You know, you can't get greedy. You can't, you can't get everything maybe – but some of these guys, I think, at this point might just wait and see how the season is shaping up. And mm -hmm. then, okay, this is a contender. I think it was, was it Nadama Kasu? He didn't sign till maybe middle of the season. Did he sign with the Eagles or somebody that was in the hunt for the right. playoffs and all that? That's what some of them at this point saying, you know, I got enough money. If I'm going to get three, four, five million to play. I might as well play, have a chance to go to the playoffs and get another check for playing in the playoffs and stuff like that. <laughs> so I think Shelby Harris would be great, but <clears throat> he probably has a price tag and he's probably had offers and just said, you know, I'm going to wait it out. And that's, yeah. that's the same thing with Hopkins. You know, I'm sure there's some interest with him. And as far as I know, going to Tennessee's like the first one to really bring him in to talk. That's right. So That's right. Um, it's going to come guys. down to how much money the guy wants. If he signs with the Titans, that would tell me that he's more interested in the contract than he is necessarily winning because there's other yeah. teams that he knows he could join and they would win. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, these guys have weeks to make the decision. You know, there's – Nothing going to be happening football-wise until the end of July. Um, they're in no hurry, and geez, if they miss, you know, a couple weeks of training camp, I'm I'm sure that's not the, going to be the end of the world to them uh, that they have to miss all, out on all that excitement. Um, just a question for you, Fred, uh, before we go. Uh, these next five weeks or so, uh, the facilities um, in Berea, I assume, stay open for guys who want to weight train or anything like that, or. 
does everything just sort of shut down and everybody just sort of flees to the Seven Hills or, or whatever? I think the rehab and that, yeah, can still come in and get treatment. There's guys like we talked about, Walker and and Taki Taki and those guys, they want them under supervision. Dawson Deaton coming off an ACL. Um, mm-hmm. Jakeem Grant. I don't know other than that. I know there's a lot of construction going on. If you hadn't been out there, we've been moved. We're out in the the maintenance building, you know, is our makeshift media room. Right. And they said it would be for throughout the off-season program, which would end tomorrow. But I'm not holding my breath that we're going to go back <laughs> in the building. Right. They do more. They do more maintenance out there and re redesigning and rebuilding that facility than any place I know of. I mean, if you or I had the money that they spend just, it seems like one year, we would be able to do a lot more at the OBR for sure. I mean, it's like (laughs) crazy. But yeah, we're way out in the maintenance shed with some makeshift uh, setup out there. So I'll be, I don't know. I'm sure that the players, if they want to come in, they can, but most of them know they're going to be there for the next six months. They're not going to be around unless they're required to for their medical treatments. Well, while they're off in the Caribbean or or wherever, I'll be cleaning my garage or or whatnot. Uh, But uh, thanks for, as always, Fred, for lending your expertise. And thanks for everybody for your your great questions. Uh, Really appreciate it, as always. A couple of them we weren't able to get to that came in right at the end, but do appreciate everyone uh, for uh, hanging out with us here tonight, as always, for your questions and for your participation in the show. Uh, Like I said, we're going to take a couple weeks off here. Uh, We're going to come back uh, in July, and then we're going to be with you for the rest of the year. So uh, uh, really appreciate you hanging out with us. Remember that 60% off deal for subscriptions won't last forever. Um, so go in and sign up now, get into the OBR for cheap. And, uh, again, thanks for attending. We'll see you in a few weeks. Uh, good night, everybody. See ya. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.